What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Starting Point Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Kilkors, bringing you guys episode number 20 today. Um, unfortunately, it will be the last episode for a while. Like I've mentioned to you guys before, I am going away soon for the military, and that time is quickly approaching. So this will be the last episode for a little while, but like I said, I'll keep you guys updated. I'm going to try to keep getting content to you guys as much as I can. Um, not sure how feasible it's going to be. I'll have to figure that out. When I get to where I'm going and I'll keep you guys updated. But in the meantime, I'll definitely be posting some some clips from episodes on in my Instagram at starting point podcast and just try to build that up a little bit just to keep the brand going, stuff like that. But you know, like I said, I will try to keep producing episodes while I'm there. Um, and I'll do my best I can. Then obviously once I get back, it'll be right back to normal. And like I said, this is episode number twenty today, which is a pretty big milestone. Is I've been doing this now since July. It's been almost a year. I've had a lot of fun. Uh with all my guests, and I hope you guys have had a lot of fun listening to all the guests I brought on here so far. Um, before we get into who the guest is, as you guys know, Starting Point Podcast on Instagram. Like I said, that's going to be the main platform for a little bit. Uh, just trying to get some clips out to you guys and just some updates on future episodes. Uh, all the episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, they usually drop every other Wednesday. The last two have dropped on Sundays, just just for this, um, what's going on right now. But when I get back, it'll be back to normal every other Wednesday. Um, the guest today is going to be Hunter Brody, or he's better known as Broads. He kind of has his own sports media platform called Sports Talk with Broads, which obviously that's what we'll be getting into in the podcast. But we'll kind of just be talking about how he just, where where his passion um, for sports media started, his passion for Philly sports. I mean, one big thing I learned about him, I know he's a hockey guy, and um, you would never know now that he didn't love all the other sports before. Now he's, you know, big basketball, big football, big baseball. So you'll, you'll hear that in the podcast. But um, like I said, we'll, we'll really just be talking about, you know, where where this all began. You know, he said it's not something he's always wanted to do. He's had some other career choices in mind, but he quickly, once he found this, he fell in love with it. And, and you guys will find out why. Um, the way, you know, we got connected, we we grew up in the same area. He's a little bit older than me, so obviously we didn't talk and stuff like that. But like I always say on all my episodes, um, power of social media. That's really all it is. I DM them and. He's a busy guy. He's been, you know, working with new platforms. So it took a while to finally get him in here, but I'm glad we got him on here for episode 20 and kind of like this last episode for a while. Um, and then just to break down the episode, like I already talked about, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, how he got into this, you know, his passion for it, you know, why he loves doing it, why he continues to do it. And an interesting thing, I guess I can say is a big, big question I had for him, you know, is it, is it different now watching sports? At, with a critical eye you know you're not just a fan he had an interesting answer to that and i'm really excited for the final question i had from him as well and then the last thing i'll say before we get into the episode is if you if you guys know him or don't know him and you listen to him you'll realize real quick how passionate he is about philly sports so just being able to you know dig it dig in his brain a little bit and just you know hear what he had to say about philly sports was was really intriguing so that being said uh let's get into the podcast all right and we got hunter birdie so welcome to the podcast man thank you so much man i'm really looking forward to it Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad we got to get this going. And before we get into it, I think it'd only be appropriate to to bring up, you know, some good news with Philly sports right now. Big, uh, big walk off win yesterday for the Phillies and uh, hopefully Embiid coming back soon. So I guess it's going good on your end, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It's weird. It's like I didn't really get to appreciate baseball being back in day one because it's like I'm numb to it. Like, wow, mm. we're really watching baseball. So right. it's like I didn't get to fully digest the beauty of it. But 
as you continue to see baseball game. I hate, look, you play Thursday. You give me off Friday. I mean, come <laughs> I on now, people. I need a game on Friday. What the hell are you doing to me? It kills me inside. But yeah, all good things for right now, Deb, except for the Flyers. But please don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> no, to me. It's too early well, to bring up that team. Don't worry. We'll get it. We'll get into it. But it was crazy. Like when I was watching the game yesterday and they were like, you know, fans for the first time in 500 plus days. It's like, damn, like I know it's been a long time, but didn't realize it's been that long, but it was definitely great to see. And uh, yes. yeah, we'll get into Philly sports. We'll get into definitely. Flyers later. So my first question for you is, you know, was hosting your own show and, and, you know, just talking sports, was that always a goal of yours? Not always. I mean, if we're going like way back in the day, I'll, I'll give you a little rundown. First, the goal was dentist. Why? Because my dentist wore pajamas. Had nothing to do with actually wanting to do anything with teeth. He wore flyers pajamas. I'm like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> then I realized I don't want to be that guy at all. Yeah. Then we transitioned into the whole gym teacher. You could see me with the Nike jumpsuit going, dodgeball, yep. basketball. This was, you know, that, that was the lifestyle. And then when I was playing hockey, um, I played college hockey. I played junior hockey and all. There was this transition where my, my one of my good buddies just showed me what sports talk radio was, probably like early high school. And I was like, whoa, mm. what is this? And I, I loved it. And I, I was like listening as a fan. And then there was this transition period of like my sophomore year where, I wasn't listening as a fan anymore. And I realized like I'm studying the host, I'm studying the structure, I'm studying the guests, I'm studying the interviews. And I just realized my brain was looking at it way differently than it did in the beginning when I'll be honest, it was Mike Missinelli. Like that was the first voice that I was drawn to like, wow, all right, I like this. I like this style. And I realized like there was this transition period of fan to studying the craft. And so it was about that sophomore year of high school where I realized like, this is what I I'm going to do. I knew it. It was like, this is what, I, I, I wanted to do and um, it kind of took over my love for hockey which is crazy because I never thought there would be something that would do right. that but when I realized that was happening that's kind of that spark that went off in my brain so it wasn't always what I wanted to do but around sophomore year in high school I, I think I, I recognized that there was something to it now now when your buddy puts you on to it did he put you onto it at just listening to it or is that something he was doing his profession so then you're like I kind of want to follow in his footsteps no, he was pure. Listen, uh, he was pure, just diehard Sixers fan, diehard Eagles fan. And I mean, I was when I tell you I was your typical ass hockey guy where it's like <laughs> basketball, stupid yep. basketball is the worst sport. I was like your typical hockey. Hockey's the best sport, the only sport guy. And he was the one that kind of opened my eyes up to dude, give basketball a chance, give football a chance. And so I wasn't like your diehard full on four for four forever. He kind of showed me the path and we joke about it to this day. Like, dude, you changed my life. You literally <laughs> changed yeah. the direction of my entire life. And that's kind of where we're for, So for him, he's a fan. It's funny. Cause he'll text me when I'm on the radio. He's, it, 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 he goes, dude, it's surreal to think about me and you driving home from high school, like listening to this. And now I'm driving to work and I'm listening to you. It, right. It's just crazy how it all works out. Yeah, it's funny. I'm a hockey guy, too, and I kind of understand what you're saying. Like, I didn't – not that I hated the other sports, but I was like hockey, hockey, hockey. I didn't really like basketball or whatever. So it's, it's funny to hear you say that. But so now my next question is, you know, obviously your, it sounds like your first love was, was hockey, you know, but where did your love for sports and ultimately Philly sports begin at? Well, it definitely started with the Flyers. My dad is your typical Broad Street boys dad. Like, he's got 3,000 Flyers ties, 5,000 varsity <laughs> jackets, pajama pants, hoodies, T-shirt. He's your typical 
hockey, old school. I went into his place the other day, like, yo, dad, what's going on? He's watching 1976 fighting highlights in black and white. Dude, grow up, man. Like, well, it's time to put that in the past. So right. he had season tickets, and I would go to the, all the games with him and his buddy, and we would just go to all the games. So it started with the Flyers, and then I realized, kind of tying that back into one of my good friends that helped me along the way with this, it's like I realized he had that same motor that I had for the Flyers, and I'm like, all right, there's got to be something to this in these other sports because there's people that feel the same way I feel about the Flyers with the Sixers, and what's that like, and, right. and how do I dive deep into that? So the transition somewhat happened when I realized that the love that I have for the Flyers is just as strong, if not even stronger, in these other sports, and I wanted to tap into that. And once I did, here I am. I'm a lunatic that screams on, on a microphone. Yeah, yeah. So how did you go about doing it? Because I know you said you were mainly a hockey guy. So did you just start off with, all right, I like the Sixers now, I like the Eagles now. Or did you go, I love basketball, and Sixers are also in my team? So my buddy Mikey, he's the one that was like, we're going to a game. I'm bringing you to a game. We are going to a game. I'm like, all right, we'll go to a game. So I think it was TJ McConnell, Spencer <laughs> yeah. Halls, Tony Rowe, like that type of 76ers team right. where – uh, he just took me to a game, and I'm, I'm, whoa, this is insane. And this is process years. Imagine yeah. if I got thrown into a beat and Simmons dropping 45 plus and bringing the energy and all that. And the well, Wells Fargo you Center erupting. Exactly. Oh, I started the year. I even, yeah, I think it was the year after they made that run with Iguodala beating the Bulls. I was mm -hmm. the year after that where we went to the Sixers games for the first time and and really dove deep into it. So. Yeah, just somewhat transitioned slowly into sport by sport. It was the Sixers first and then the Eagles. It's kind of funny to think about it, to be honest with you, because now, I mean, I'm 25 now and what was it, like 10 years ago, I guess. So it, it's all happened. It's yeah. just crazy. I, I haven't thought of the timeline in quite some time. So now you're making me feel like an old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just trying to go no, down memory lane with you. That's fine. I, memory lane's a good thing. So, um, yeah, and I, I would say I've been following you. Like, I've known who you were like, for a while, obviously. You just grew up in the same area, and I followed you on Instagram, and I've always seen your, you know, your videos, your enthusiasm, stuff like that. When did all like, the fun little Instagram videos, when did that turn into sports talk with birds and ultimately like, your own show? So when I was playing college hockey, I decided I had to pursue this. And when I was going there, I was going for business communications. So my big thing was just communications. I wanted something in that because that's kind of what helps you along in this business in some sort of way. Like it doesn't have to be sports communication, sports right. media, but the communication factor is something that stood out to me. It's like, okay, I want to go down that road, but I knew I wanted to heavily get into sports. So I just, I started my own YouTube channel and I would do one or two days a week just like a rundown of what happened. And it would go to the extreme of, I tried to do national coverage. So I was talking about a Michigan, Michigan State college basketball game in the middle of the regular season, game six, talking about, you know, some of these freshman guards. And as much as I, I loved it because I really do enjoy college basketball, it wasn't hitting the right way. So I dialed that back into just Philadelphia. And right. it kind of started just, my goal was, I'm going to start a YouTube channel where I would react to every game. Whether And it's funny, now it's 35 to 40-minute podcast after every game with callers. Yeah. But at the time, it was five minutes. Hey, this is what happened. And it wasn't really opinionated. It's, it's cringeworthy to go back. It was <laughs> in the first inning, there was a ground ball to second base. In the second inning, there it was just I was just reading what happened, not so right. much opinionated, giving you my thoughts on it. But it all started with just saying, I'm going to – 
talk about each game afterwards. And when you do that so much, it kind of just picks up eventually and snowballs because there's so many damn games that it naturally just picked up over time into what it was today. So the, the goal with the clips and all that is just every game, share your thoughts and shared what happened really at the time, shared what happened and see where it would take me. And here we are. Now, do you feel that you watch these games differently than maybe someone like I do? Because obviously, I guess you're analyzing, critiquing it, or are you just watching as a fan and kind of. Yeah, I wish. I, I I wish it was that way. There is a little bit inside of me that lost that, and I don't want to make it seem like, oh, how you know, I'm not, like look at me in in such a negative way. Like right. I feel sorry for you, bros. I can't believe <laughs> you look at it that way. Yeah. But the element of the fandom. I think there's a couple teams that like the Flyers because that's what I grew up with. Maybe I feel that way more. And the Phillies, I feel that way more. But specifically Sixers and Eagles. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's the toxic Twitter world of those two teams. I I feel like people are so irrational that I try and be more rational than them because if I am like them, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. But when I watch the game, it's, okay, what can I talk about? What can I say about Nola? When Nola's pitching, it's, how am I going to tie that into the opening? And what's going to happen here? And I'm dissecting the the moves instead of just appreciating the game. That's why when I'm watching March Madness, I realized the other couple days when it was the Elite Eight mm-hmm. and the Sixers game was over and there was maybe a the second half of the college basketball game left. I waited to record the podcast because normally I do it instantly, but I was enjoying that. And I realized halfway through, holy shit. Can I curse on here? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Holy shit. This <laughs> is fun. Like, And not that it's not fun to watch the Sixers, but right. it is completely different watching a Michigan-UCLA game, feet up, just enjoy it for the beauty of sports instead right. of how am I going to analyze this for my job and speak about it for 35 minutes solo after the game. So, yeah, to answer your question, there is a different element to it. Now, I like that element. I'm not going to lie, right. but there, it is tough for me to go back to just watch the game and enjoy the game. There is really no more just watch the game and enjoy the game. And, you know, there's pros and cons for sure. Well, it's, and it sounds like everything happens for a reason, though, because like you were saying before, you tried to analyze every sport, every team. So like you were saying, that with that Elite Eight matchup, you wouldn't have been able to kick back and just relax. Um, now, during the Philly games, are you sitting there writing stuff down or you kind of just keep it all up top? There's times where I can remember things. And now that it's the beginning of the season, I think I go heavier for the first couple series of like writing down everything. Right. And then as I get back into a rhythm, as we're in game 15, 16, 17, I do a little bit better with it. But I do have 5,000 of these like standard <laughs> subject notebooks. We're like, this is my, what's this yep. for? This is Sixers Cavs from last good. night. Yeah. So I got my notes, but. What I normally do is I'll jot down key points in my notepad on my phone, mm-hmm. and then I'll transition that to more substantial notes with a little bit more substance to it on a notepad afterwards. So I'll jot things down. Um, I'm just looking like, for example, what did I do yesterday for some of uh, like, <laughs> it's funny now looking back at it, it's like, what the hell am I even talking about? But like <laughs> a Bryce Harper professional at bat in the top of the first, like just a, <laughs> just a pro at bat. I didn't even use that, but that's the kind of stuff where right. looking back three days later, I wouldn't even remember, you know, like, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's funny how it all works, but yes, I do answer. I, I do uh, to answer your question. I, I do take the notes. So how's it go? Like, I'm sure you don't watch all these games in a cave by yourself. Like if you're watching it, you know, with your friends or whatever, like, can they talk to you or are you like dialed in? Yeah. So I do think it, it's funny. So Eagles, other sports, I'm cool with going out, watching all 
I, I do find this element with the Eagles and studying the game that I know it's it kind of does suck because you lose that element of watching with your buddies and all, but it also it's different because I worked in radio and I would do Eagles pregame shows. And mm-hmm. by the time the pregame shows were over to drive to certain places, like I got to get back. And so there's a lot in play here on why, but Eagles games for the most part, I'll, I'll have people come to my place. I'm not too much travel. And I enjoy watching the game alone. I, yeah. I know that sounds a little yep. weird and, and, and odd, but Eagles games, I enjoy watching alone because I study it differently. But yeah, I mean, if we're going out, it's a Friday night. My buddies are going to like a local place. You want to grab a couple beers. The Sixers are on. I'm not going to hold back and say, hey, I'm not going to do it. I think what I've just picked up naturally over the years on how to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I think there was a period of understanding the mix because you don't want to just look. There's a lot of games. I'm not going to say, hey, right. I'm not going to lift my life because I got to watch game 57 of a Phillies game. <laughs> when yeah. all my buddies are going down the shore and it's a Sunday afternoon or something. So. I just found a way to keep up with it, uh, DVR the games and go back and watch and, and the extended highlights that are 15 minutes. I'll get the key points and make sure that, you know, I still keep my eyes on the game when it's happening. If I am out, I'll, you know, keep up to date with what's going on. So look, there's 162 baseball games. Right. I am human. So I do miss, a, I do miss some of them, but I find a way when I can't watch it, to make sure I do my best to research what happened, go back. And like I said, I'll DVR games that I miss and go back and watch late at night and record afterwards. And also I just found that balance on living life while missing a game, but still doing the proper research to make a post game podcast afterwards to, to kind of analyze it. Okay. Yeah. That actually answers my one big question I had for you, just because there are so many games and I was going to ask, you know, how do you manage, between watching sports, talking sports, oh. and then also you time, but you kind of answered that for me, right? You know, you, you're not going to miss out on a Sunday beach day with your boys, but you are going to still keep up on that sport so you can talk about it later, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I lost you a little bit there for a second, but yeah, yeah, it's exactly what what I would do. I'd find that that happy medium, find that balance. So, uh, but there is a little bit of me that now that we're, you know, I committed to this full time and I've added like Broads Media to the mix, which is on top of Sports Talk with Broads. Now we have Broads Media with Sports Talk with Broads, Coffee with Broads, a new baseball leading off with Broads show that I do before the Phillies games and all, where there is like a little bit of an overload. But I do think, like, let's use Barstool as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Dave Portnoy in his grind mode, I'm sure, lost a lot of that personal time. I, this is my business. So, with right. where I'm at in my life at 25, there is a little bit that looks, that looks at it with, this is your business. There are times where when business owners are 50 years old, they go, yeah, you should have saw me in my 20s. I was head down. <laughs> I didn't miss a beat. I was full grind. I'm somewhat in that. So I recognize that, and I don't want to lose my personal time, and I need to find that mix. But I, I am aware that there is this time in life where if you are going to start your own business, there might be a couple of those beach days you miss out on with your boys, but that's also what got you here. So don't lose that either. And that's where it all comes back where you got to kind of have to find that balance of, Hey, you know, there's, there's a lot of people doing this. What separates you from the rest, the dedication, the determination, what, you know, there's a lot of people making podcasts out there. A lot of people Mm -hmm. doing this and that what separates you. Sometimes there is that in my head that maybe one of those Sundays that I want to go, it's, I might have to take a step back, but the next Sunday I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, the I, mean? one word, I think the one word that, you know, you skipped out on there, and I think it's one word that I think to describe you and, and what you do, it's passion. How passionate you are about what you do, and where does that really ultimately come from? That is a great question. I, 
I don't even know my parents. <laughs> I, I've always been that way though. Like even in my hockey career, if you looked at the way that I was in the locker room and the energy, like the energy is always there no matter what I'm doing. If I'm playing basketball, I'm taking charges and pick up basketball. <laughs> if we're playing hockey in the street, I'm, I'm slashing your hands. Like everything yeah. I do is that extra energy factor. So I think, yeah, I, I mean, it, it comes out in this because I truly love it and it is something that I care about extremely. But I think if we're doing anything, if we're playing video games, Call of Duty, if we're, uh, you know, anything I do, I feel has that passion with it. And it starts with, I think it, it's somewhat my hockey career molded this for me because I was the ultimate locker room guy, energy guy, funny guy, dancing in the showers, goofy in the locker room, yeah. just having fun with it. And I think everyone needs that in the locker room, of course, but that translates to the locker room guy in front of this microphone. I think there is like a correlation between that. And, and I think that hockey career of mine somewhat molded me into this personality that as, I mean, I use personality as a word because it is a personality, but it's not a shtick. It, it is real. Right. So you think no matter what you were doing, you would have this type of energy and this type of passion. Yeah, if, I, if I'm picking up the phone and making sales and finance, I'm just <laughs> screaming at the people, you know, hey, do you hey, need toner? Works. Do you need toner? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't have the answer for you. I used to work in a warehouse for my grandfather's company moving solar panels. I don't know if I had the same passion for that though. So maybe, right. maybe it's not, maybe I didn't have that energy to start moving solar panels and PVC pipe. Maybe not. Maybe not. So how, like, I think a lot of your, well, I'm going to ask you comes from your passion, but how did you build your following? You know, was it just friends and family at first and kind of word of mouth or. I, I think it's just the power of YouTube. Everyone asks me, how do you do it? What do you do? Uh, how do I start this and that? And I always say the same answer. There's, in this world, right, people are like, how do you get into sports journalism? Well, back in the day, I tell you, you'd have to do five internships, get in the door here, get in the door there, work your way in. Now, I did go that route as well. I mm -hmm. interned in Millville in South Jersey at a, at a new station with a sportscaster. I interned at 97.3 ESPN, which landed me a job there. And now I'm doing stuff on the Fanatic on the weekend. So I did your traditional route on top of my own brand. And I did a little bit of both to see where life was going to take me kind of thing. But the platforms now are there. So my right. big thing is YouTube, Twitter, like it is there. Just do it. If you do something every single day on YouTube and there's something to it, obviously it can't just be you staring at a wall and doing nothing, right. but if there's substance to it, it doesn't even have to be perfect. Cause if you go back to my first videos in 2017, it was not perfect at all. But if there's mm -hmm. something to it and you do it every single day, YouTube is a big snowball effect. You get four views, four views, four views. Then there's one video that gets 25. And it's like, wow. Then it's four views, five views, five views, 50. Then it's seven views, seven views, seven views, 90. And it's just like that one pops in that one week. And then it, it's just, it just keeps going. So it wasn't really word of mouth. It was just consistency. Right. So I think the way you build things in today's world is consistency is big. There's people that, you know, want to do something, want to make a podcast and all, and they do it once every three weeks. Well, once every three weeks isn't going to be enough for you to, you got to stay on top of it. You got to make sure, you know, you're, it doesn't have to be every day, of course, but right. the consistency factor, you got to stay on top of it. And with where the world is today with social media and hashtagging and YouTube, it all comes down to just doing it over and over and over again and not stopping. And it will eventually take off and, and, become what you want it to be if you envision it that way absolutely and that's great advice now but would you say when you first started where was your mindset were you nervous to be putting out videos and content or did you just go for it 
I think everyone has that natural, what are people going to think, especially first episode and, and all that. And, but not really, because I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I, I, I knew deep down that it was right for me where I didn't care. So people are going to look at it, laugh, whatever. Are they laughing now? And if you truly feel that way about it, if you feel that confident in yourself about it, then you should have that same mentality. Well, you know what? Someone that might see it, they might say, this is stupid. This is dumb. Catch me in two years and tell me if it's stupid or dumb. And maybe it is. Look, not everything I do under this Broads Media umbrella works. I've tried things that flopped and it wasn't good. It didn't work out. And you know what I did? I moved on to the next one. I have 10 billion ideas that I want to do on Broads Media. And not everything's going to work. Not everything's going to stick. So even if you try something, it's your first go at it. I told you, I don't talk college basketball anymore. My first go at it didn't work talking about Michigan, Michigan State or Duke, UNC. It didn't work. So I readjusted things. So, no, I wasn't really nervous about it that much. I mean, your natural nervousness of what's it going to sound like? What's my family going to think about it? This and that. Of course, they're going to tell you it's great, but you don't really know. But you just, if you feel that strongly about this is what you want to do, you flip off anyone who says anything about it because I even noticed like even the personalities out there now in Philly sports radio that people hate, people love, whatever for every hater you hear, there's 15 people that love you. So for one, one jerk off that tells you you're stupid, you're an idiot. There's 15 people that don't really get into the comment section that watch you every single day. So that's how, if I, it's almost like the more haters I see makes me excited because I multiply that by 15 and that means not too many lovers I had. So the, the haters, it, that's, part of this if people don't hate what you do hate your takes hate your personality in this business i don't even think you're doing something right yeah i mean you know it, i mean i'd say the more haters you had the more lovers you probably it's like think about think about Stephen a and skip bayless and guys like that i mean you hear people hate them but there's millions of people sitting down every morning with their coffee watching them too yeah and i'm one of those I'm like this is the thing <laughs> for me i hate their shows because it's very scripted it's very mm-hmm. but I, like i'll tune them out and it won't bother me but the yeah, I agree with you. There are people that sit there. They love them. They love that. And, and that's fine. To each their own. If you enjoy Stephen A. I like Stephen A. I don't like him on first take. I right. liked him on the radio. I liked him when he was doing another thing. The first take concept, very scripted and all. But you're right. For as many people as me that won't turn it on for one second, there's people where that is their show every single day. And they're doing something right because if you see their contracts, holy hell. Right. Yeah. So I want to get back to something that you mentioned, you know, you've kind of, you said you went the route of internships, right? So when you were in college, were you basically working your way up to where you're at now, just different internships along the way? Yeah. So I, I was doing YouTube every day and I was doing school and I was doing the internship. So it did get a little hectic for me. There were times where I was all over the place, mentally a little fried, but I just wanted to keep the head down mode going. So yeah, I would I would do an internship. I started at the SNJ, the SNJ today. I'm trying to think of the timeline for that because that might have been three years ago at this point. But yeah, I started that route where I would just be a. Uh, they had like a it's like a newscaster, a new sportscaster for high school sports down in mm-hmm. South Jersey. So Ocean City High School football, like things of that nature, like Pleasantville basketball, things like that, where you would do a little bit of the local stuff. And we did some cool stuff with like the Sixers training facility and all. But yeah, I would I would grind the the internship side of things while I was going to school. So that's kind of how I, I my my big thing was I want to take I never want to say no to an opportunity, knowing how competitive this business is. Right. And I wanted to keep a professional side going and my own brand going and just wherever this all takes me, fine, fine. Like let it just 
take it for a ride and, and see because I actually left 97. I got the internship in 97.3 through Rowan. I graduated from Rowan. Mm-hmm. And then they hired me as a weekend producer. Then from the weekend producer, I joined co-hosting with uh, Mike Gill on Afternoon Drive, which was awesome experience. That was phenomenal. But Broads Media took off so much. It was like, I'm taking a step back. I need more time to do this. And then that first week of me doing that, 97.5, the Fanatic came up. It's like, here's that opportunity. That's like, I just took a step back because this was so much. But here's a professional opportunity. That's a jump up in the career. I want to explore it. And here I am. And it's uh, it it just kind of all took me there. So to answer your question about the internships, yeah, I grinded through that with school just to kind of see, you know, where these paths kind of go. Right. So can you kind of explain, like, I know you have, you know, the Broads meeting, Sports Talk Broads. Is that more like on the side as fun and then you also have a professional aspect to this or how's that all work? It's very unique. So it is new. This is like, I think now these media outlets are used to the old traditional ways and they're realizing, uh, do you know who John boy is or no? No. John boy media. Okay. He's blown up. He started a Yankees podcast. Now it's talking baseball. It blows barstool numbers out of the water. I mean, he's got billboards in the middle of New York City of his face. He is an empire of sports podcasting that mm-hmm. took off to this extreme. He's got baseball players with their own podcast, GMs of baseball with their own podcast. So my point is that's like almost the new era of this, of sports journalism, of sports media. The outlets are there where now you don't need to go that traditional route. So I am trying to find that balance of fun slash of professionalism, but this is what I do know. 97.5 The Fanatics saw something in, in what I was doing in my personal brand that they liked. Right. I look at this as this is me. What you, Of course, I have more freedom on my own stuff. I could curse. I can have a right. little bit more outrageousness to it. But this is me. They saw something in Broads, the personality that made his own brand. So right. I don't look at it because this is where I know it's going. I don't look at it as I need to be somebody different on the airwaves, on The Fanatic, or on 97.3 ESPN than I am on my own thing. I look at it as this is the Broads radio personality. This is who I am. And this is, you know, this is me. This is what I deliver. And these are my takes. So I don't look at it as one way is a different version of me as the other way. With, But it, this is like, I'm telling you, this is new. It's brand new. This isn't how they do it. So I think there's this period that media outlets like Beasley Media and all these other media companies, Town Square Media, which is where 97.3 was, they're trying to find that new era of what this is going to be. I think we are witnessing that that newness to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you got to be your, you got to be that same version. I don't look at it as two different identities because then, you know, it's like uh, that takes away from it. So when are you, when are you, so you're on 97.5 The Fanatic now? When, yeah. when do you do that? Uh, this is going to be my third weekend here now. So I this, I've done two weekends of Saturday and Sunday. This is my third weekend coming up on, yeah, this Saturday and Sunday would be my third weekend. So now, I guess, for, at least for now, you would say you definitely dedicate more time to the Broads media side than that? Yeah, I mean, I have three-hour shifts so far. Like, I did 3 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, and then I did, like, a 4 to 8 p.m. So, for the most part, it's, like, eight hours on the weekend, six to eight hours on the weekend compared to a full week of what I do for Broads Media. So, yeah, I definitely put more time into the Broads Media side of things. That's just because of the way that the scheduling is worked out. 
Now, I listen to Philly Sports Talk pretty religiously, I'd say. You know, is it hard to fill up that three to four hour, you know, time after day after day just talking about sports and stuff like that? I mean, I know it's what you love to do, but is it hard to do at times? Yes and no. It depends on the time of year. If we're talking Eagles football, you can deliver something forever and ever and ever. Right. And then you get and then you get guests on. Uh, I had Ricky Botalco on, which is always great to talk Phillies. Mm-hmm. I had Mark Zumoff on, Jeff Mosher, who covers the Eagles and all. So when you get those guests to help out, that kills a whole 20-minute segment for the most right. part. So, And if you get two guests on in a four-hour show, keep in mind commercials play a role into that, plus the 40 minutes of – or 30 to 40 minutes of interviews. That kills the thing. You have callers calling in, and that takes it all. So it, yes and no. I mean, if you come prepared the right way, it'll it'll – before you know it, sometimes I hit the the on button and I realize like, damn, it's been three hours already. And then there are times on a little bit of a slower day. But if you come prepared with the right way and you just because there's always like this is reality of the situation. There's always topics that will splash. If right. you mention the words Ben Simmons on the radio, <laughs> you're good to go. If you mention Howie Roseman, you're good to go. So like if you are in a little bit of a, hey, like things are dying out, like we, we kind of hit on our topics, you resurface. You go back to the top. All right, let's get back to, you know, where we want to get to here. Howie Roseman, do you like that? Do you like the trade down? How do you think this right. is going to pan out? You can always, after an hour and a half of talking about something, maybe you start heavy Eagles, you dive into the Sixers, and it's like, all right, let's transition back up to the top again and resurface our question. Do you trust Howie Roseman? And then bang, you're good to go again. So there's always little tricks to kind of get yourself back into the flow if there's a little bit of a rut. But there, yeah, I, I have my, it's that fallback. It's, yep. hey, Ben Simmons, Howie <laughs> Roseman. Everyone has their fallbacks because you mentioned those names and guess what? Everyone's either screaming at the radio or they're, you know, they're they're agreeing with you. So there's there's tricks to the trade for sure. I'm sure Carson Wentz did another one. I'm sure during that whole debacle, that was, that was probably easy, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Jalen Hurts. Howie Roseman, I mean, you you mentioned those names, and you're good for 24 straight hours. <laughs> Absolutely. I will say the one thing, I think hockey needs to start getting talked about a little bit more on the radio. I feel like even in the middle of hockey season, they're still focused on the Eagles and the Sixers, which rightfully so. I get it, they're the biggest teams in Philadelphia, but I feel like hockey definitely needs to be talked about a little bit more. I'm sure. I, I agree with you. I So I'm big with – I listen to out, other outlets outside of Philadelphia, but once again, mm-hmm. I study the – I like studying hosts, so I think right. it's more of I want to hear what other people talk, their delivery, things like that. Uh, I listen to Toronto Sports Radio a lot. It's called Overdrive, and it's got mm. Brian Hayes, and, and it's O-Dog Noodles. That's their crew. They put on a great show. But they talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs like we talk about the like the Eagles. Right. And I, find, like, I think that's another thing that fascinates me is they'll talk about the fourth line, the, the third period shifts. Uh, who's a healthy scratch. Like they break it down. Like we do the Eagles and the 53 man roster. And I don't think the flyers need to get talked about to that level, but like Shane Gostisbehere gets waived. And I I was shocked to hear that that was a big conversation. And the flyers being a disaster is sparking a lot of conversation (laughs) because it's one extreme to the next. But I do agree with you that the daily day by day, it does need it. But the problem is it's such a rating heavy business. It's such a competitive business that, if you talk flyers and another station's talking something else and that something else is the Eagles or the, unfortunately there's so much involved behind the scenes that doesn't allow you to maybe do that as much as we would want them to be. And there, and it's open about, I mean, people are very open about that all the time. Like, Hey, I would love to talk flyers, but the percentage of the fan base doesn't care as much, which means people are going to be tuning out and it just sucks. It's that way. But unfortunately it is that way. 
I mean, I get it. And I don't even know what need, what would need to happen. Like, I don't even know if the Flyers winning a Stanley Cup would change things. I think people just love yeah, all sports so it much would. more. It would? You don't think if they – I don't know. I mean, I thought last year there was – like, people broke down those playoff games. After the game, it was opening the shows. Flyers did this. Uh, if they won the Stanley Cup, I mean, uh, you would yeah. have to admit. Maybe I'm being naive. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. Maybe I'm out of touch here. I would think that they would be discussed if they're winning the cup, but right. there's something missing. There's something missing with Flyers conversation. That's yeah, no, you're answer. right. Yeah, if they won a cup, it would definitely be brought up again. But then a couple years later, it'd be right back to the Eagles. Right, that's kind of what I think. I don't know, but yeah, um, no, you're right. They're, I mean, Eagles can go win five wins and they'd be talked about more than that Stanley Cup, and that's that's for sure. Right. So one one big thing I had for you, and you mentioned some names, Mark Zumoff and Ricky Vitalgo. Maybe I'm not asking maybe who's your favorite guest you've had on. I know you've had some good ones, but what's been like your best experience in this business so far? Yeah, I mean, now that I'm into it a little bit longer, I, I have like my contacts and all that. I'm, I'm starting to get like a good contact list, which is huge. I mean, that definitely is something that you want to have. It's so hard to to pick that. I mean, I'm I haven't had on that, you know, branding Graham or like that, that type of that big time. I, I guess when I was on 97.3, we did have some, some guests we had on. I'm trying to think we had on Daryl Morey. Mm -hmm. We had on, I'm trying to think like we did have some cool ones on 97.3 that would stand out to me. Like John Clayton. He was a huge one that we got on consistently every week. Scott Lawton came on. Um, uh, nothing like really, really insanely. Po There's probably one I'm missing on 97.3 because we had some really great guests on all the time, but nothing that like, oh, no brainer. This is it automatically. But, you know, those kind of names, the ones I threw out to you and Jumoff, I mean, come on, he's one of the best in the business. So he's <laughs> awesome to, to have for sure. But yeah, I mean, nothing that like crazy, crazy jumps. I wish I, I didn't have that Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons right. type of interview yet, but who knows? Who knows? It's one coming. day. But I, I know you guys are good friends, but I mean, I know you've had Johnny Gaudreau on multiple times. That must be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I guess that slipped my mind, really. But, yeah. but yes, he is a cool one to have, but I, he's just a friend. You know, I grew up yeah. with him for so long, and I've known him since we were 15 years old and all that. It's funny because he, he is a big star in the NHL, and yeah. I look at him as, ah, that, you know what I mean, <laughs> ah, that guy who just randomly decided to call in. Right. But yeah, I guess you're right. He would be on the top of the list, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, you can spill something. Is he going to be a flyer in our lifetime, you think? Or you think he's staying in Calgary? I don't know. I do not know. I wish I had that information. Sources tell me, you know, go for a nice tweet, get the Twitter <laughs> going. But I don't have any information. I hear you. I hear you. So we already talked about it a little bit. But so it started off with Sports Talk with Broads. And then what was the idea to go to Broads Media? Just something bigger? Was that kind of yeah, just thing? to expand. Like, I wanted to make more shows. So, and I wanted to make it separated too. If I did a Phillies pregame show, I don't want it to just be a sports talk with Broads pregame show. Like, I wanted to have its own identity. I wanted to have like it. So then you know, like, hey, leading off with Broads is from six to seven before the Phillies game. It just separates it and makes it easier of a schedule where right. coffee with Broads. It's not sports mm -hmm. talk with Broads just drinking coffee. It has its own identity where everyone knows 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. So, it just like allows the scheduling and the identities to have a little bit more uh, just it's easier to comprehend what exactly it is. So we're in that period to because it started out with Sports Talk with Broads, every the YouTube channel, Sports Talk with Broads, the Twitch channel, Sports Talk with Broads. 
We are trying to make that change to Broads Media and then everything falls underneath of that. But that was the idea behind it is Broads Media is, so Sports Talk with Broads presented by Broads Media. Coffee with Broads presented by Broads okay. Media. The way, the way that, and we're getting like a website built and it's getting all displayed, but it's almost as if, have you seen the movie Split with the guy with all these different personalities? Different yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, here's me, different identity, not to the crazy extreme. I right. feel I'm the same way on these, but it's like, this is Coffee with Broads. This is Sports Talk with Broads. This is Leading Off with Broads and Open Ice Hits, which is the hockey podcast I do now. So it's kind of that idea of, you know, split shows under one umbrella. That's all me. I'm the host of every show. Right. So you basically had all these different ideas and just basically keep them under one umbrella pretty much. Exactly. Okay. So those, I had, obviously I had a lot of questions for you there, but this is what I really wanted to get in with you. Just being the guy you are, a little Philly sports talk. You mentioned, let's not talk flyers, but I'll start off with this right now. Which team are you most optimistic about and which team are you least optimistic about? I think I know your answer for the least, but. Well, it's crazy because if you asked me this question last year, we all say the flyers are the most optimistic. Right. And that's why. I have such a hard time asking this question because it's so right now and, and right, you know, right in this moment, because I easily right. would have said the flyers last season. And now, mm -hmm. I mean, it's between the flyers and the, the Eagles, but I, I'm more up. People think that they're so upset and so devastated and so disappointed. They think this organization is going to win three games for the next five years. Well, I yeah. hate to break it to you. That's never happened in the last 20 seasons. So to think that that's what this organization is going to be, it may, and I may be wrong, but history shows me right. that they haven't been that team under this regime of three win seasons for five periods of time, like five years of three win seasons. Right. It's just not who they've been. So, uh, with that, with that being said, the Flyers' consistency is inconsistency. Playoffs, no playoffs. Playoffs, mm -hmm. no playoffs. So history shows me they're going to be back in the playoffs next year, which makes right. this hard to answer the question. But uh, today, as we sit here, I'll tell you that the Flyers are I'm least optimistic about because it seems like there is a an issue with the core and an issue with the way it's built right now, and it, it's just a mess all around. And most optimistic with Joel Embiid playing this way. You're talking about superstar level player that can win you a championship at this rate. So, yeah, a most optimistic Sixers, least optimistic Flyers. So painful. So painful. <laughs> I hear you. It's like, what happened? I mean, of course, they go, the Flyers go on a run. The pandemic happens. They're like, they might cool off. They come back still hot and then fumble on the playoffs. And this year they're playing well. And, again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. I thought the coaching staff was good. I mean – I think Carter. Yeah, Hart it's not ready to fire a. I mean, the fire no, AB no. thing's aggressive. Last year, you talk about. I mean, you talk about a resume that is up there with like the best possible resume you can find in the NHL right yeah. now. So it's not the the problem is the decor. They're that. Excuse me. They're that bad. They are yeah. that egregious. Where they can't make a simple tape to tape pass. They're D zone. They're giving pucks up the middle. And you mentioned Carter Hart. While he hasn't been strong, it's hard to be Brian Elliott's getting yanked. You're throwing right. in Alex Lyon. When right. you're doing that, what's that tell you? Right. I got a question for you, and, and my friend will like this because we go back and forth with it. He hates Drew. Think he needs to be gone. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I hate those people. So I, I dislike <laughs> your friend. Hate's a strong word, but there is nothing worse to me than the people that think Claude Giroux is the problem with this franchise. It, it's, it's, you are like, it is so sad to think about how underappreciated this man really is. He's mm -hmm. going to give you a thousand games and a thousand points. Yet we're going to say that this organizational failure goes on a man that's wearing the C. 
I mean, there's so many. This team had nine goalies the other year, eight goalies, <laughs> eight goalies. Yet it's this man's fault that this team's not winning championship. Is Claude Giroux perfect? No, no. but to, it is the it is your typical irrational Philadelphia sports fan. <laughs> That thinks that it it's the same people that thought Brett Brown was the biggest problem. He was not a – he needed to go. He was a problem. What was the biggest problem? You demanding a 22-year-old two, 22-year-old NBA star to win you a championship. Let me know the last 22-year-old Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, to win a championship because they were the most dominating stars. The problem was they weren't ready to win yet. Now, Doc Rivers is a huge upgrade. It was the Absolutely. proper move. Brett Brown, by year – this is my, my big thing, too, is go look around the league and let me know what coaches stay past seven seasons. Doc Rivers was canned in Boston. He was canned in L.A. He was canned in Orlando. After seven years, any message runs dry. Now, Popovich, there's outliers. Right, but absolutely. my point is, like, the irrational – there's always someone to blame. Claude Giroux is the blame, which is an embarrassment. When this franchise has been the dumpster fire that it has been for the years, it's an embarrassment to blame him. Uh, Brett Brown. I can see getting on Brett and being critical of Brett Brown. Let's be clear here. But the main – he was the guy that you just blamed because I see poor rotations at a dock and poor moments all the time where if that was Brett, oh, my God, he would have (laughs) got murdered. And it was the same thing. The same thing. So it's just the man – that gets the blame. There's always someone. And that's the that's the Claude Giroux effect with the Flyers. And uh, the strip to see thing is probably one of the most laughable quotes I've ever heard in the last 20 years. So that's my opinion on the G thing. I, I don't, where do you stand, though? No, I, I go back and forth with them, too. I mean, I don't think Claude Giroux is a top 10 player anymore. I think at one point no. he was. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's definitely not the issue. I mean, has he been cold here and there? But my thing is, too, he's older now. The captain doesn't have to be your best player, your top scorer. It's just no, not how it is. So, yeah. I mean, I mean people I look around the league. It's it's like you have guys like Felino being a captain in Columbus. Like, you don't need to be. It's it's about just the – he is so respected in that locker room. It's unbelievable. And I love it. He is – like, we're getting mad at a man who's got 842 points in 922 games giving you on, on 85 points, 102 points, 86 points, and like, oh, it's his fault. Oh, really? Okay, it's it's his fault. It's crazy. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, we've gone back and forth with that too. I mean, there definitely needs to be changes made, but I don't think – I don't think moving caught Drew and now we're a Stanley Cup team. I mean, that's – he's the longest captain no, in, I don't even in think, history. I don't – Yeah. There's a reason You for have it. the no-trade clause. There's a lot in play to make it way more difficult than people think too. Like, oh, just get rid of him. Right. doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the passion of the Philly sports. So one big thing I want to ask you is bold prediction or just a prediction in general about one of the teams, what, like if you have anything. Well, my bold prediction, I guess, and I don't know if this is going out on a limb or whatever, but I, I truly think the Sixers team can win a championship. Now, does that mean they are going to win the championship? No, but I think they have just as good of a chance as anyone else at the top of the league. I could have never said that in years past. Now, I am afraid of Ben Simmons and his flaws, but I do know how this league works. You win a champion. Like I, I get yelled at all the time about the head coach thing. Nick Nurse doesn't look like some damn genius now. Huh? Right. No Kawhi Leonard. No Kawhi Eric Leonard, Sp- yeah. yeah, Eric Spolscher is – like, Eric Spolscher is one of the best in the league. But you can't do anything. Like, last year was a product of the bubble and the environment. Right. Take that away. You win with Shaq and Dwayne Wade. You win with LeBron James and one of the most <laughs> historic three ever. Greg Popovich with the Spurs – 
He's just a, like this team is just a team without Tim Duncan and all. A right. coach only brings you so far. When you have a star, that's when you win. Joel Embiid is that star. And my question I ask, can Joel Embiid make up for the huge flaws of Ben Simmons? Now, you have Tobias being a different role this year, helping out as the Robin. Danny Green has been a stud. You have the spacing. Can those four things I just mentioned, Embiid being a star, Tobias Harris being a Robin, the spacing of Danny Green and Seth Curry, can that make up for the monstrous issues in the half-court set of Ben Simmons? I don't know the answer, but I think that this Sixers team can actually win a championship if they can. And they have to this point. This team can win a championship. Doesn't mean they will, but they have the best chance they ever did. And they can compete with the Nets. They can compete with the Utah Jazz. They can compete with the best in the league. They can truly win a championship this year. I do believe it. Hmm. Now, do you think that anything needs to change? Like, I know Simmons has his flaws, like you said. You think they can definitely win with Simmons as he stands right now? When you have a superstar in this league, they elevate you and they make up for holes. No championship team is perfect. Right. LeBron helped that Lakers team. Like, that Lakers team is not perfect. There's no perfect team. You can look at any squad that wins at the end of the year and say, well, they could only they only went seven men off the bench because they didn't have an eighth guy and right. their bench was weak and they didn't have anyone past this and they didn't have as much spacing as you needed. They didn't shoot the ball very well. But there's always one player that takes you above. And that's how this NBA has always been. And you have that in Embiid. So that's why I feel that confident. It comes down to, I feel confident, not because of Doc, not because of this, not because of that. Without Joel Embiid, I don't even, it doesn't matter about Tobias. It doesn't matter about Doc Rivers. It doesn't matter about anyone unless you have Joel Embiid and you have that. So that's how I, that's why I feel that way. Right. I, hopefully you're right. Hopefully I can look back on this episode and, and say, Broads is right. The Sixers won a championship. Rhodes is right. I normally don't get that on. I, I, not to say there's not right takes that come out of my mouth, but you right. only hear, Rhodes, remember when you said this? Yeah, you know what? Maybe there was a slip up there that my opinion was a little overboard. But how about the 15 other that I was right on? You jerk offs. That never happens in this in this world. Never yeah. happens. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully we can come back into this moment and say you were right. But I got a couple more questions for you. The one, it's kind of a cliche question, but, you know, what's the future look like for Broads and I guess now Broads Media? I think the future at this point is kind of what I've been doing and staying on track with adding identities underneath to a degree. I think where we're at now is, is a good level of comfort comfortableness for me uh, with post game reactions every night with coffee with Broads every morning, live stream at 9am to 10am on YouTube, Twitter and all. And, and the, the uh, leading off with Broads, which is the Phillies pregame. So there are some tweaks along the way. Like we got to figure this out. What happens if it's a West Coast game? What happens if the Sixers have a playoff game at eight o'clock? Am I like that's that's going to be the hot item of the night? Am I right. going to talk about Game seventy five of the Phillies against the Miami Marlins when there's a Sixers game coming up that's way more anticipated? So there's some things we got to kind of have to tweak out and work out and a trial and error and, and all that and, and whatnot. So there's going to be tweaks along the way, but. Right now, the future of it is just kind of growing some of these identities underneath the umbrella and open ice hitch, which is my hockey pot I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh, that and, and just kind of, you know, not going overboard, but finding a good balance of a lot of content. But and then, of course, you know, just seeing where the professional radio side goes as well and, and that and that in there. But that's kind of the future where we're at now. Just keeping going with with the road we're going right now. Right. I don't understand. How, I don't know how you keep up with all that. That's a lot of stuff going on. I, I don't know how you balance it but my brain is fried <laughs> my brain is fried
I bet. I bet. So you did kind of answer this earlier without me even asking, but so I'll, I'll ask you again, if you have anything else, any advice for people looking to just start something new? I, I know you touched on it, but. Yeah. The big thing for me is uh, consistency. I, I just think con- consistency is the biggest thing there. You can't give up. You can't start not doing episodes like whatever it is that you're trying to do. As long as you show the commitment level, that's what brings people back. Like think about it. If you're the fan and you see someone on YouTube, it's like, wow, I really enjoy this. And then you don't see that again for another three weeks at some point or two weeks or even nine, 10 days. It's what's going on here. But if you see that there's a rhythm, if you see the dedication, if you see that this person is willing to make that effort and, and cares and, and truly is bought into this, that's where fans feel that they're bought into you. They're bought into you because you're bought into this. So it's that big domino effect of, I I say it all the time. You obviously have to be knowledgeable. You can't step in front of a microphone and just spit nonsense about the teams. But the people who want to do this, for the most part, do have an understanding of the sports. You can't just spit nonsense out there. But as long as, but it doesn't have to be perfect either. Not in the beginning. You'll find that. You'll you'll figure out what you're going to be like. You'll figure out what you how you do it. That'll come as you constantly do it. There's going to be hiccups. Look, there's even like, there's no show that's perfect. There's times after I record a show, I'm like, that was not my bet. Like I have bad segments. I have bad 10 minute stretches. I have a a bad, like I listened to this thing that Colin Cowherd did a while back about his profession. And, and he's like, you're not perfect. You're not a perfect human. There's going to be maybe after a show, you're like, you know, like I, but, you might feel that way and, and other people might look at it and not even recognize that, but that's right. how hard you are on yourself and all. But my point is when you start, it's not going to be perfect. You got to know that there's going to be hiccups. There might be audio issues. Hell, I still have audio issues. There mm-hmm. might be visual, visual glitching and all. It's just figuring it out along the way, but just constantly do it. Don't give up, stay involved, stay engaged and know that it's a work in progress. It, it, it's not built overnight. And you know, you can't get discouraged by views. You can't get discouraged by ratings. You got to just do it because you love it. And then it'll eventually, it'll eventually end up happening itself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're saying to my first podcast. I did the audio. I don't even know what happened. It just, it wasn't good. And in my head, I was like, do I redo it? And then people were like, just put it out. Like, cause if you, if you keep thinking like that, you know, you're going to stop, you're going to quit. So just put it out. Um, one more question but before that, if you just want to plug in your social media. So people, people know where to find roads at. Yeah, absolutely. So on YouTube, Sports Talk with Broads. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash Sports Talk with Broads. And on Twitter and Instagram, at Broads81. So that's kind of where I'm at right now for all my my platforms. And Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can type in Broads Media and all of my plat- all of my platforms pop up, whether it's the NHL podcast, Sports Talk with Broads, Coffee with Broads, everything. If you type in Broads Media on the podcasting platforms, it'll all pop up. So that's kind of where everything's at. Awesome. Awesome. So I got a final question. I kind of do this on every episode. It's it's something that the guests can relate to a lot, but I hope you know a lot of the listeners can too. Uh, my brother actually helped me come up with that. I thought it was a great question. So my question for you is, you know, where do you see the direction of sports media going? Do you still see it at like the sports centers and the, and the first taste, or do you see it more as, you know, the spit and chicklets, the Pat McAfee, the, the more just raw like content? Oh and yeah. It's, it's no doubt. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's no doubt. That's where it's going. I, I mean, it, it is going in that direction. Uh, there is something to be said about the direction of that traditional media. We already see it with the newspapers and beat reporters. Not that I think beat reporters are going anywhere because covering the team and getting those inside sources 
are definitely there, but just the way they do it, you see the transition of newspapers to the athletic to the apps and you're reading it on your iPad and things of that nature, where that is what you're seeing now in the radio side of things as well. This is the new era of it all. I mean, we've just gotten to that point in technology where, you know, that, that old school grind and journal it like, and that's not to knock that. I, I value that. Like it, I am in that rate where I grew up with that and I extremely value it to a degree. It's almost that newer generation younger than me, the 13, 14, 15 year olds that they don't appreciate Keith Pompey. They right. don't appreciate uh, uh, Jim Salisbury. They don't appreciate these reporters that I do. And that's, it's very sad and very unfortunate that that side of it, there is a little bit of that being lost. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm not going to deny that this is, you'd mentioned Pat McAfee show and, Barstool and spitting chicklets. That the reality of of it is uh, that gains more traction than the traditional other side of things, and it's only going to keep going that way. So you really just think it's really just a technology and a new era type of thing, kind of. Yeah, definitely. The fact that I have a studio in my basement. I mean, people don't have back in the day. You didn't have a, a recording studio in your basement. You know, the podcast, like the, the what we can do. I can go live and spread it out to ten thousand people. I mean. I mean, the audience I could reach when I go live drinking my coffee in the morning. I mean, that was right. never accessible. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's all I had for you. Uh, Birds, I want to say thank you. I know we've been trying to get this going for a while. I know you're a busy guy, but I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Absolutely, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime.